from Corner to Corner proudly presents the Mount Rushmore's of Wrestling, where we talk about heels, faces, tag teams, and many things more. Here are your hosts, Sean Kuyper and Neil Payne. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Mount Rushmore Wrestling and more Top 15 Edition. Oh my goodness. You saying that gives me the goosies. I cannot believe that we are now heading towards the top 10. After today's episode, we will just have 10 names remaining. And you think we've had some heavy hitters that have already been taken off the board. Most definitely. We had a pretty power-packed show last week. And, I mean, Hall of Famers. Yeah. All across the board. Yep. So, sit back, buckle in, and let's get this started. (laughs) I'm going to let you start because I was looking at the list. I want you to talk about number 15. Well, even though my voice is struggling still, um, obviously you guys know I'm a huge fan of this guy because... Would you call yourself a Mark? I wouldn't say a Mark. I would. <laughs> I just I just really like his work. Yeah. Um, and I still think he's the guy that beats Roman Reigns for his title, and I'm talking about Edge. The rated R superstar. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Edge in high school put in his for his senior yearbook that he was going to be future WWF world champion. That's all he's ever wanted to do. Yeah. Is be a pro wrestler. He gets the opportunity. He comes in as this kind of dark persona. Not that he was dark in the sense of evil, but you just didn't know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. You could see talent in the kid. Then he, of course, gets paired up with the Brood because mm-hmm. they bring Christian in, and that was a super overstable. But we don't really get the chance to see Edge develop until he gets that singles run again, mm-hmm. and he gets his first Intercontinental Championship. And you could just tell that they may have something with this guy. Yeah. Uh, of course, the tag team matches he had with Edge, Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys, we've, ta- we've talked about those until we're blue in the face. Right. I don't know if there's anything additional that we can say about those matches between those three teams that we haven't already said. It, it honestly put all six men on the map, many of which I don't know would have gone on, would have been able to go on to the heights that they reached without first being tag teams and being in those matches. Mm -hmm. So Edge finally gets his opportunity to win Money in the Bank. Was he the first Money in the Bank winner? Um, Maybe, but I didn't think so. This is a pause. It was 
So we're going to have to go back and delete That's, all that you're, part. You're fine. Edge got his first big break when he won the first ever Money in the Bank match yeah. in 2005. That was a match that was invented by Chris Jericho, and it was when it was still held at WrestleMania, which I think was the best version of it. Mm-hmm. Edge cashes in at the Elimination Chamber against John Cena. If you remember, John Cena just went through the match. He was kind of bloodied. Edge come in. He got the nickname, the Ultimate Opportunist. Mm -hmm. So he came in, cashed in his belt, or his briefcase, and quickly won the Money in the Bank title. Yeah, I think he speared Cena and it was over. Right. Thus establishing the basis for the money in the bank that we know now. That the 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 person who carries the briefcase can, if they choose, cash in at any time. Right. Uh, which gives an added twist. It is very likely that the winner of the money in the bank will go on to be world champion. And I think that's because of Edge. I think it was 100% Edge. Had Edge not cashed in the Money in the Bank the way he did, then it wouldn't be looked at as the Money in the Bank that we know now. Right. And then Edge's character really changed as he started winning his world titles. He had feuds with The Undertaker. He had feuds with John Cena. He had all these feuds, but he became the rated R superstar. Mm -hmm. And his career skyrocketed. Yeah. Um. Having Lita by his side helped a lot with that. It did. Uh, so you had this fantastic character, multi-time world champion, and then we're given this terrible news that he's going to have to retire. A, a neck injury is forcing him to retire. I can remember the emotion that night during his promo. He just had wrestled Alberto Del Rio the night before at WrestleMania successfully defended his title or did he win I can't remember comes out the next night in tears and when he walked out you think well that's the last time that we're going to see Edge and then Edge is completely gone from pro wrestling Mm -hmm. well then him and Christian who are real life best buds start the the Edge and Christian show of awesomeness or whatever it was that the name was. And it gets him back kind of in the wrestling spotlight. Then, of course, if you watched his biography or his 24 that's on WWE, you know the whole story, how he comes back to the ultimate return at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. 100% kayfabe. Right. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. And, he, and that's the way he wanted it. He said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And the pop that he got, you said it that night, was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard yeah. in, in my life. Yeah. And he's been part-time since then, but when he's back, he wrestles for several months at a time. Yeah. You still think he's going to be the man to take the belt off of Roman? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm not so sure about that. One thing I can guarantee is if Edge did not have to walk away, Edge, who's already at number 15, would be much higher on this list. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a, <clears throat> a jam-packed first eight minutes of the show. <laughs> well, I mean, but you're talking about Edge. Yeah, definitely. And it only keeps going higher. It does. So we're going to follow Edge up. I see your Edge, and I'll rage you. Ow! The Stinger coming in at number 14. You think about Sting, and we've and Sting is a guy that we've also talked. I mean, he has his own episode. Oh, my God, it's Sting. Sting has continually changed his character throughout the years to stay fresh, to stay on top. Of course, I fell in love with Surfer Sting. Blonde-haired, neon colors. I mean, he was a big guy, but he was still doing, like, splashes. And he's the first guy that I can remember jumping over the top rope. And he would hold on to the top rope, and he would, like, springboard himself over. You didn't see that in the mid to late 80s. Right. That, as a matter of fact, if the referee saw it, it was a disqualification. <laughs> that's how, that's how like, faux pas it was to do. Of course, then Sting's career really took off when he had his feud with Ric Flair and he won the uh, world title in 1990 at Great American Bash. You and I both believe that Sting was never a character that needed the world championship. He was he was so over. Uh, he was he spent good part of the '90s as as Surfer Sting. As the '90s went on, he did kind of you know transform himself, and he went to the Crow Sting. He spent a year in the rafters and didn't wrestle. Um, that's a whole story for another topic. He stays with WCW till it closes. He goes to TNA. Some people argue the work he did in TNA was better than the work he did in WCW. Uh, he, he, again, changed his character there. I talked about on his show, if you haven't watched his Joker Sting stuff from TNA, go check it out. It's fantastic. It was so far ahead of its time. And then, of course, the unthinkable happens. Survivor Series. Stinger shows up. In the WWE. We never thought that was going to happen. Right. He comes in, helps Team WWE win. He has a little bit of a run there in WWE. He actually got involved in the world title picture. I don't think he was ever going to win the world title. Uh, An unfortunate buckle bomb that has been done hundreds and hundreds of times. Sting just hit right and ended ended his wrestling career, we thought. He had to retire from wrestling. Until recent history, when he showed back up in AEW to help get Darby Allen over, and he has even wrestled a few matches in AEW. But Sting has been relevant in the professional wrestling world for four decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And I don't even think that he would have imagined that. But in terms of performer, Sting is one of the best. Yep, no doubt. No doubt. All right, well, coming in at um, number 13 is a guy we talk about a lot, 
And the thing that we say the most is that we we won't realize how good he is until he's gone, mm-hmm. right? Right. And we're talking about the Viper, the Legend Killer, the RKO King, Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Randy Orton is so smooth. He's so good. You watch him. I mean, and he can change his character whatever you need it to be. I personally loved his legend killer gimmick mm-hmm. and he had the shirt that had all the all the legends that he'd kicked in the head. Um, but at one point he was the WWE's youngest world champion. Uh, he, he he debuted and shortly after his debut he gets thrown in a faction with Triple H with Ric Flair who we haven't heard on this list yet. And Dave Batista, who we already have. So, legitimately four top 50 guys. Mm-hmm. Four of the best to ever do the do this sport. He's held every title that you can hold. He's 14-time world champion. He is on his game. Anything he does is absolutely fantastic. So there's no way that we could have a list and not have the legend killer, Randy Orton. So, I mean, we could talk about Randy Orton for an hour. That's yeah. how good he is. Yeah. I mean, he can do the tag team stuff. He can lead factions. He can be an individual guy. He can do whatever you need. You need to be a face, he's a face. You need to be a heel, he's a heel. Randy Orton is so smooth. He's so good. He's one, literally, I told you that, a lot of fans aren't going to realize how good Randy Orton is until he's gone. Randy Orton is that good. So please, just enjoy the product. Enjoy the wrestlers that are currently there because eventually, and guys like Randy Orton's time's coming sooner rather than later, they're not going to be around anymore. And we're not going to realize what we had until it's gone. So number 13, Randy Orton. Yep, I agree. I agree. So, we have, I mean, three huge names. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you get bigger names than the three that we've announced? Yeah, and I have a feeling this name is going to draw emotion from our crowd. I think it is, too. But when going to think we're crazy. But when we talked about it and we looked... We felt like this was an appropriate spot for number 12. Yeah. And it is, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right. Now, I know, I know, The Rock is number 12. Are you crazy? Right. But you remember when we talked about it, why we didn't... I mean, when we first started, we had him in the top ten. We did. And then he just kind of kept moving down the list. And ultimately, it become his longevity in the business... Right. ...is what cost him a top ten spot. Right. I mean, he got the chance to go to Hollywood. 
Nobody can fault him for that. He now is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So, I mean, he's obviously had a successful movie career, right? Right. Uh, he's in rap songs now. So his mainstream media has exploded. And he's huge. And all that was because of the character that he was in the WWF. Right. And when The Rock was good, The Rock was really, really, really good. Right. And I mean, if you can make the kind of money he's making and not have to take the physical bumps, right? why wouldn't you? Right. So The Rock had to be on the list. And, and you know, I know when you and I first started talking about it, we were like, are we really bumping him out of the top ten? And it even sounds crazy to me that we've bumped him out of the top ten. But you haven't seen our top ten list yet. Right. And if you disagree with The Rock at ten, I mean at twelve, when we get to our top ten, I want you to tell me who you would move out of our top ten. Right. I mean, essentially, the next two could very easily be 10A and 10B. Like, but somebody had to come in at 12. Somebody had to come in at 11. The Rock was, you know, came in as the white meat baby face. We've talked about this. And the fans hated him. For much the same reasons that the fans hated Roman Reigns. As fans, we felt like he was getting shoved down our throats. Yeah. And we felt like that we were supposed to care about this guy, but we were never told why we were supposed to care about him. I mean, his debut match, debut match, came at Survivor Series. If you listen to our Survivor Series show, you know that. That's the second longest-running WWE pay-per-view of all time, and they debut a white meat babyface who then becomes the sole survivor for his team. They put the Intercontinental title on him early. They they make sure you know of his connection with Rocky Johnson, his dad, and High Chief Peter Maivia, his grandfather. And fans didn't care. Mm-hmm. They chanted, Die, Rocky, die. Newsflash for you, Rocky Maivia does not make our top 50. (coughs) He is maybe an honorable mention. Maybe. Doubtful. It wasn't long enough. He didn't, I mean, he didn't really do that character very long. No, but I'm saying that had he not ever changed, had Vince not given him the microphone and told him, Go out and tell the fans what you think of them. That's how it all started. Had that not happened and they continued to try to push Rocky Maivia, he has a very short career and it never connects with the fans and he never gets over. Right. But but he does connect with the fans because he starts talking about himself in the third person. He starts calling himself The Rock. He starts telling people it doesn't matter what you think. He started becoming himself. Yeah. He got to go out and show his true frustrations and tell people exactly how he felt about them. And he became a mega star. Yeah. Multi time world champion. There is no way 
we could do this list and not have The Rock rated as high. I mean, we're clamoring for him to come back now. Yeah. I personally think that Roman, to continue the Bloodline storyline, has to go through the the rock to determine who the true head of the table is. Mm-hmm. So, coming in at number 12 is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock. So, the way we talked about him starting out in the top 10 and kind of rolling his way out, the same can be said about number 11. We had him in the top 10 at, at first. And he just kind of kept pushing his way back down the list. In all fairness, and all full disclosure, I tried to push this guy out of the list. Yeah. But you made a very convincing case. And after hearing what you had to say, I agree with you. We can't have a top 50 list and not, and not include this guy. Right, and we're talking about, I can't do it. My voice is killing me. But we're talking about Dusty Rhodes. The American dream, baby. Yeah, and, you know, he's just such a historical part of wrestling that we did see him in in our lifetime. We did. And I think that was part of your argument was is that we didn't see the best of him, but... We did see him, and that doesn't take away from what he did prior to us seeing him. He he definitely, to me, is one of the most historical characters in wrestling history. I would agree. And, I mean, his fingerprints are still on the product today. Yeah. Some of the uh, performers that he helped develop, that he helped mold, and some of that was just because... He believed in them. Yeah. Sasha Banks and Bailey both come to mind. Well, Diamond Dallas Page comes to mind to me. Yeah. That he believed in Dallas Page, and he told him he believed in him. I know when uh, DDP got inducted into the Hall of Fame, he broke down and said that he wished that Dusty could be here to see this because he said, I never thought this could happen. Dusty always believed in me. Mm -hmm. And he said... He would, he would give me all kinds of praise and compliments anytime I was down. And he said, and then he would, then he would, he would rip me a new one when I when I needed it, and tell me that I needed, I need to straighten up. But when Dusty spoke, you listened, because people thought that highly of him. We were at WrestleCade in 2019. Enzo told us that great story about about Dusty Rhodes, how. Uh, Dusty was teaching a promo class, and it was, I want to say Baron Corbin was in the front of the class, and he said, and Enzo's words, was he was he was cutting a crappy promo. And Enzo raised his hand, and Dusty called on him, and he stood up, and he said, you know what I think about this promo? And he just ripped a big one. Well, Dusty kicked him out of class. Triple H essentially fired him. Dusty, knowing what he had in Enzo, went to Triple H and said, no, no, I think you overreacted, and stated his case. Dusty then called Enzo and said, hey, come back to work. Enzo has told us multiple times what Dusty Rhodes means to him. Mm -hmm. You know, you see 
war games, that's a Dusty Rhodes match. You see, you know, all these all these Starcades and uh, Great American, like all these are all Dusty Rhodes ideas. Mm-hmm. His value that he has brought to the business far exceeds what he did in the ring. Right. And he did some great stuff in the ring. And I think when you take everything into consideration and the performers that he helped shape and mold, you have to put Dusty on the list. Yeah. Not only for what he did in the ring, but for the, but for him shaping the business the way that he has. Right. So, even though I was against it in the early parts, I don't think that I don't see how you can be against Dusty Rhodes being in our top fifty. And you and I both think that his what he brings and what he's done for the business in ring, out of the ring, behind the scenes is valuable enough that we put the American Dream Baby, the son of a plumber, at number eleven, Dusty Rhodes. Definitely. Definitely. And I I'm glad I managed to win that battle. <laughs> But Dusty's definitely a great way um, to get us get us to our top ten. We are in the top ten, guys. Yeah, two more episodes, and uh, this top fifty is going to be over. Finicioso. It's kind of crazy to think, right? It's more than crazy. It, yeah. I mean, it's kind of ludicrous. It just seems like we just started. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be going pretty fast. But you know, there's ten episodes, and we're we're down to two now. So. And then there were 10. Yeah. So, if you thought today's show was jam-packed, woo-wee, wait till next week. And wait till the week after. Yeah. Yeah. So, good deal. Send us out and we'll head to the house. Heading to the house. All right, guys. We got to... We got to get out of here, but we can't do that before we thank our sponsors. Of course, Heiner's White Bread. We have Darren's Dashing Dinners and Computer Repair. And, of course, Old Bread Claws and Crouch Family Bakery. Awesome. Awesome, guys. Uh, awesome show again. And uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up this episode of Mount Rushmore of Wrestling. Tune in each Wednesday as we discuss our Mount Rushmore of Wrestling and more. Be sure to like us on our Facebook page. And click us a follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean. And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.